What's up, former party people? This is Jerry, you know, the one who actually combs his hair on the A is for Alcoholic podcast. Now, if you're finding value in listening to the AIFA podcast every week and you want to support sharing it with others, we invite you to become a sustaining monthly or per show contributor. Go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. It's super easy and it only takes a quick moment. It's about as easy as buying one of those pre-cooked space chickens from the grocery store, taking it outside, giving it a big old kiss, and kicking it into traffic. (laughs) Why would you do that? Anyway, you do you, and I'll do me. Again, go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. And with that, people, let's start the show. A is for Alcoholic is a program about recovery. My name is John, and I'm an alcoholic. And my name is Jerry, and I'm an alcoholic. Join us as we go through the alphabet of alcoholism one letter at a time. It's kind of, it's, I was telling you too, like, it's just, it's kind of weird, man. Like, Nothing's changed, but we're kind of working, and everyone's kind of trying to do it and be safe and be healthy, and you know all the conflicting information and blah blah blah. And I, I just, uh, I don't know, I don't know, but gotta fucking make money, and I guess everything's yeah. okay for right now. And you know, I don't, I don't think there's any need to be overly. I don't think there's any need to be afraid. You can be cautious, you can be concerned, you can be vigilant, which is a good V word that we're not going to do today, but um, mm-hmm. but I think that, you know, it doesn't, I don't have to do it, I don't have to be afraid, right? <clears throat> right, well, if you think mm-hmm. about my job, like, I have to work with infectious diseases all the time, or the possibility of an infectious mm-hmm. disease, and in the beginning, I was afraid, I was really scared that I was going to needle poke myself, or... I don't know, maybe inhale the fucking hepatitis in the air or something. You know, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And after a while, you just kind of get used to it. With the idea of you take precautions, you be cautious, but at the same point, you don't let that fear overwhelm you. And I think that's where we all need to come from. But then again, I'm not, I'm scared too. I'm in my own home. I'm scared. The idea of getting mm-hmm. back out there really scares me. It freaks me out. But I, <clears throat> we all have to do it because, you know why we have to do it? We have to do it because we don't have enough money to pay our rent. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. 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 I got to be honest. This quarantine has been really good for my mental health. I've had some emotional mental breakthroughs just being able to reflect and be by myself. And I was never big on people in the first place anyway. That's why I drank so much. <laughs> right? So for me, going back out there and dealing with everybody else's vibrations and all that shit they're putting out in the world, it's mm-hmm. going to be a difficult thing. That That to me... Well, that and the COVID, they, they both freak me out. Corona freaks me out, and other people have always freaked me out, man. I've always mm-hmm. been like, yo, that's too much. Yeah. I think, um, like you said, there's been some real positives in this whole idea of, like, we got to go back out there because nobody can afford to pay their rent. And I was kind of having a um, a bit of a, I guess, a political discussion with my brother who mm-hmm. we were talking about. I said, man, I don't fucking want to pay rent. I don't want to pay bills. I don't even necessarily want to, you know, go do a job I don't want to do, right? right. Mm-hmm. Like, if I got paid to work on the things that I really enjoy, you know, like, the fact that, you know, we're able to, um, that this podcast is able to pay for itself, and then there's a little bit extra is awesome, like, that we get mm-hmm. to do this. That's great. But, I mean, yeah. I don't necessarily, 
I don't have a passion for waiting tables. I don't have a passion no. for tending bar, not like I used to. And right. so, um, and I was like, yeah, UBI, universal basic income. It doesn't mean that I'm not yeah. going to have to go and, and subsidize that on some level. But if right. you were, if you give people a little bit of cushion and a little bit of freedom to enjoy life, like all of a sudden enjoying life in in any sort of relaxing way is deemed um, un-American it's, or that you're not interested right. in hard working hard. It's frivolous because you're not pulling your weight, you know, and that that's just that's mm-hmm. the symptoms of fucking late stage capitalism. Welcome to A's for Alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> and I imagine your brother's like, nah, John, you got it all fucked up. You know, well, his, his concern is if you just know. give people money that they'll. And I was like, James, you're the you you work. You work just as you work harder than I do, man. You work hard. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, but why should you have to? Why shouldn't you be able to have some like cushion so that you could do other things that you enjoy? And maybe they, maybe you can develop them into a business or into a skill that is profitable, marketable, monetizable, whatever. And it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I just don't think that the world's going to end because some motherfuckers on unemployment got a few extra hundred dollars, you know? Right. Like, And you absolutely, this may be crazy and some people right now are like, fuck this, I want to listen to alcoholism. But you absolutely can just give people money. There is absolutely enough money to give people money. It's out there. It is absolutely 100% out there. It's just what we choose to spend it on. Is what mm-hmm. we choose to spend it on as Americans and as a government and all that. I mean, yeah. I don't know. We can fucking chop know. that up all day, but so anyhow, just <laughs> I, I suppose that's just that's indicative of my my mental state right now. My mental right? state, my and you know my my politics for whatever it's worth, and it's not it's not important, and I, I I'm not here to argue. I mean, we I think Jerry and I both agree on a lot of things, um, but you know I tend to I live in I live in California. And right. um, I and, live in and, Oregon. And I mean, it's it's very much West Coast, liberal, bleeding heart, blah, 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 whatever, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, whatever names, nicknames, bad names. It's fine by me. I'm not I'm not too concerned about it. But right. Um, right. And, and just, I, you know, throw that out there, too, regardless of whether your politics are left wing or right wing. You're if you're listening to this, you're probably an alcoholic. And at the mm-hmm. end of the day, we're all alcoholics dealing with alcoholic problems. You know, the mm-hmm. politics thing is kind of the second aspect of that you know yeah i and i i don't think that i've said this before i don't think that it would somebody's politics would would make me feel if i met them in a situation where alcoholism was an issue and they had problems and they they for one reason or another came to me and said hey i liked what you said or yeah i have a question i would say well let me see what i can do to help you because i i regardless of whether how i agree with you politically doesn't right I would much rather you be sober and sane and happy and content. Do you know what I mean? Like Exactly. Even if yeah. you believe the exact opposite of me, I still want you to be happy. I don't think Word, that, word. I, I don't think that my I don't think that my happiness has to mean your misery. Yes, and that's right? the big thing, right? That's what's always that's the narrative that's happening right now. I think is mm-hmm. if you are making other people you don't like miserable, then you're winning, and that that is such a faulted, broken narrative. And I mm-hmm. I absolutely agree with you, John. Like you, if you roll up to me in a MAGA hat and you want to talk to me about alcoholism, like I will fucking bend your ear because I know where you've been. I know yeah. regardless of of your 
whatever else you got going on. You want to mm-hmm. chop it up with me about politics? I probably won't because mm-hmm. I get very emotional. <laughs> I'll just sure. get all pissed off at you. But alcoholism, man, I'll talk to you about it because I've been there and I can relate to that. Your politics, I'm not mm-hmm. so sure, but that's all right. Like that, mm-hmm. That's not our common thread. <laughs> and I think we all need to start looking for our common threads here. This is what right. this core should be teaching us is that we're all, we're all home and we're all broke and we're all alone. And those essential people, they're scared just as scared as I am, if not more scared, you know? And they're fucking working their asses off and dealing yeah, with everybody are, else's man. fucking trauma, psychoses, and uh, and PTSD it's from all this shit. Wild ass time right now, man. It is so wild. And if you haven't drank, good for you. I haven't. Yeah, drank. I haven't drank. Um, cool. But yeah, man, it's it's <laughs> um, so. I guess let's 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 throw the topic out there so people know what the fuck yeah. we're talking about today, regardless of where this this goes. Eight but minutes in, right? Yeah, eight <laughs> minutes in. Um, v is going to be for vampires and vultures and talking about negative people in your life and mm-hmm. how we have navigated negative people both both around drinking and I think I think the tools that I get in sobriety help me with dealing with negative people or even people at close friends and family who like my brother who maybe I don't agree on. Or agree with right. you know because mm-hmm. um, he's he I just I I can't I he's just he's just a strange dude Look at that. but you, you know just, you know like you were just I don't vapor lock in there dude. I don't want to talk about it because it's not important to what we're discussing here it's a different right it's a different conversation but that's like a sometimes dynamic yeah mm-hmm. it's our dynamic and so um but but you're right if somebody was like. If somebody in a MAGA hat was thinking about putting whiskey in their milk and they hadn't had a drink in a year, I'd be like, well, right. maybe, maybe don't. What's What else right. is really going on? Right, exactly. You know? like, like Despite what's... your weird way of thinking politically, like I know you have a weird way of thinking about alcohol and so do I. Mm-hmm. And yeah. finding the common ground. And I love that you talk about the fact that you're, you, you say that you've had breakthroughs just from being alone and having time that that is not the space in our brains is pretty um as vast as it is as amazing as the human brain is like it's pretty limited in that how many how thoughts how many thoughts we can hold and how thought how thoughts become big in our heads especially yeah. ones that are attached to emotions and we mm-hmm. get fired up about things and we get angry about things and we're like that's not the way it's supposed to be how can you be so stupid are you stupid yeah. What is a, you know, and, and then all of a sudden, all I'm doing is I've got all this anger and frustration and it's just, it's in my head and I can't clear it. And then I'm spending no time on myself. I'm spending no time thinking about the things that are, that I love that are in my life. I'm just thinking about angry ideas that somebody else has put forth as if they have some hold on me. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm fucking over that. I'm so not into it. You know, I have, um, Another friend of mine who even he was saying he's very much conspiracy theory kind of guy. And he was he was saying, man, it's even too much for me because they're all of them are like, ah, see, we told you so. It's all happening, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah, um, and I, I think about how I navigate the conversations I have with him. Did I tell you this, that there was one where it was I got tagged in some post and Instagram about some conspiracy theory. You pick one. I don't even remember which one it was. Right. Mm-hmm. And. I simply just sent him a, a message directly. And this is somebody I talk to fairly regularly. And I said, um, you know, uh, you don't have to tag me in these types of posts anymore. Uh, I get the gist of it. I get the point. I'm, I'm well mm-hmm. aware of the message that it's trying to send. And I and I, I understand it fully. 
And if there's any new information, please send it my way. But currently, it's the same. It's the same message. So you don't need yeah. to tag me in these anymore. And and I wasn't like mean about it. I didn't like engage Had him. Over, though. He just said okay. Uh, that was it. Cool. I mean, that was that was yeah, basically it. Go. I mean, we're we're cool. It's just um, I, I just am not interested in in the you know the Bill Gates nanobots. Uh, vaccine right. depopulation dude theory <laughs> i <laughs> i really miss like 1998 99 2000 when conspiracy theories were funny and cute and they made like an x-files show spin-off about conspiracy theorists and nowadays conspiracy theorists are just like crazy racist white right wing like weirdness and i'm like fuck dude mm-hmm. like why do you always got to blame the Jews eventually like it just a mm-hmm. rabbit hole always goes down to blaming some group of people and by their race or, or, or creed or whatever. And I'm like, mm-hmm. man, remember when so, it just used to be that the CIA killed JFK or something? Or like it was right. Castro with a fucking ladies wig there on is or this, something? <laughs> there is this new podcast called Wind of Change about that Scorpion song and how uh-huh. supposedly it was written it by the CIA. Up. Yeah, I wanted to listen to it. It came up on it my It sounds thing. really cool. Yeah. Um. So yeah, man. And, and I guess when I see these types of... of um, when I get these types of – have these conversations with friends of mine, people in my life um, or my family, it's um, – I try to express myself in a way where I say the thing that I the, – the feeling that I get from this and from you when you talk about these things is that it's laying blame on somebody else. It's pushing it outward. It's saying that somebody else is doing something and there's no real solution for me, right? right? There's no real solution on how to deal with the situation. I always say, let's assume it's all fucking true, 100%. So what if, if, if you believe it's true and they believe it's true, whoever they are, then what is the next step? What is the solution to right. getting us to navigate this reality? And so that's right. the thing that always comes to me when I think about it. And I always equate it to like alcohol, you know, my alcoholism, right, is is – I have to have some sort of actionable um, uh, solution. I have to have some something that I can work with. Like, wh- and and also blaming other people. I learned that was one of the first things I learned is like that doesn't work. It's just no. resentments. No, and I I love it. I'm really gelling. I'm gelling with it. I'm grokking <laughs> yeah. it. I'm really yeah. feeling it because you're absolutely right. You're like, there's no solution here. It's all just finger pointing. And so if we're being assaulted by someone up on the roof of a building throwing rocks at us, and we're all like, there's the guy throwing rocks, and then we just keep letting him throw rocks at us. Well, then what the <laughs> fuck are we gonna do with that shit? You know, like I don't know. It's that weird analogy, but it's like you feel like you're being mm-hmm. assaulted. If you've pinpointed what you feel like is assaulting me, then what what is the solution other than just keep blaming the dude that's up there? It might not even be a dude up there. You just might be in a hailstorm, mm-hmm. bitch. Like you don't know. Like it's and, I don't know. Yeah, some of know. it is not even. We're sometimes I feel like people are just pointing at rocks that are already on the ground and going, "See, there's proof that somebody threw there's a rock proof. at me." Exactly. And I'm going yeah. like, but that's not. And so rather than engage it, I got to say, you keep pointing outward. What are you doing standing where the rocks are getting thrown? Right. And and so that's the thing that really, really, that's how I try to engage with it is that right. I listen, I try to be respectful, and I, 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 I also, you know, say, hey, you know me, right? Do you mm-hmm. think I'm a, um, do you think I'm a, 
uh, I lack <laughs> do I do I lack critical thinking? Am I a right. sheeple? Am I yeah. you know what I mean? Am I am right. I somebody who's stupid? Am I somebody who who just follows? I mean, of course, I follow the rule of law because I don't want to get fucking arrested or dealt with in any way that's weird right. or awkward. And you know, but does that make me somehow weak or falling in line? And I mean, I'm not that person. I, I like to think that I think pretty critically about things, and that unfortunately, in the in this day and age, there's this really strong desire to create our own realities around things. And right, um, I just try to be as open and listen as much as I can too with like my brother. And I don't think I don't think that the people who are toxic in in my life are necessarily intentionally um malicious yes Mm -hmm. they're not looking to i think physically harm me or put me in harm's way certainly at this point nobody's asking me if i want to go out and have a drink right so (laughs) you know it's not like hey alcoholic want to come to the coronavirus bar and have yeah exactly Mm -hmm. on top of your alcoholism yeah mm mm-hmm I think in the beginning there were there were some there were a couple people who were like, "You sure you don't want to? You're not ever again?" And and right. like, no. And you've you've talked about it too about just people who were like you get you would get made fun of, and I you know like oh, oh yeah. you used to be so much more fun, Jerry. Oh my God, I remember like a person telling me I'm gonna buy you a bottle of whiskey for your birthday so you stop being so fucking miserable, you know, and like. Just shit like that. And I would just, what mm-hmm. do you do with that? You just kind of go, wow, you're fucking asshole. Okay. Good luck, <laughs> fucking asshole. You know? Yeah. Like, what What do I even do with that? Like, I well, understand what... someone looking at me and being like, since you've been sober in your early sobriety or whatever, because this is all my early sobriety when I was fucking really, really, really crazy and had no tools at all. I understand someone being like, you are, since you quit drinking, you've been really hard to deal with or you're awful. But being like, I'm going to buy you booze so you can fucking get your shit together. You know, mm-hmm. I was just like, man, that's an asshole thing to say. And in early sobriety, it was hard for me. Like I would get super offended and take it very deeply and get like want to fight and, you know, but none of that fixes anything. Reacting to fear and anger with fear and anger doesn't help. It just that was there's two scared, angry people in the room. <laughs> I've noticed in my life that like when people <laughs> t- when people are trying to get a reaction out of me especially with what's going on right now and i've had a, a, you know you know a, some people try to do that is that i realize i have to really empathize with the fact that they are coming from a base level of fear or 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 being unsure you know what i mean and some insecurity in there as well and they want to push that out on me so that i can join them in it cuz i used to do that shit to people all the time like if i were unhappy upset insecure scared i wanted everybody else to feel that way with me so that i could have someone to commiserate with or at least feel that tangible thing of us together understanding that it's all fucked so let's be angry together and now i just my technique is i just don't i don't engage like i just back out because there's nothing i can say to change your this person's mind there's nothing i can do to change their mind their their narrative is set their mind is made arguing with them about what is science or what is fact or what's happening or how I'm feeling. They don't give a fuck about that. They just want me to be as upset as they are so that they have a buddy to back them up. So I just back out of it. I've literally just backed out of shit. Like Jerry has left this text conversation, you know, like, (laughs) and I've done it because I'm just like, arguing with you isn't going to help. 
everything you're doing right now, you're trying to get everybody worked up because you're worked up. And I just, I don't fuck with that. I don't want to fuck with that. It's, it just makes me feel bad. I don't mm-hmm. want to feel bad. And and like I want to roll around to what you were saying earlier about you following the rules or you following the laws. It's it's not only with me as well not wanting to go to jail, and I know you agree with me on this. It's I don't want to hurt other people anymore. Like I don't get off on hurting people. It doesn't yeah. make me feel good to make you feel bad. It really doesn't. Yeah. Now, I may hurt you if I'm trying to defend myself, but that's panic, you know? And I, I recognize mm-hmm. that later, and I try my hardest to apologize and make amends for that shit, but... Man, I just don't fuck around with trying to make people feel bad because I feel bad a lot and I hate that shit. Yeah, yeah, I don't. <clears throat> it's even really changed the way that I like the comedy that I I don't really dig on a yeah. lot of the stand up comedy anymore because it's just yeah, seems so here. mean. And yeah. and I, I'm like, is this me just getting older or sober? Or am I am I am I out of touch? Am I not? Am I because sometimes I listen to shit and I'm just like, nah, man, that's not really that funny. Like. That's whoever you're talking about or making fun of, and and I don't I don't want to stop anybody or censor anybody. I'm just gonna no. turn it off. Just turn it off, right? So <laughs> Bill Burr is a great example. I think Bill Burr is a fucking amazing storyteller. Bill mm-hmm. Burr has told some stories in his standup that I've been really mo- almost moved by. Like wow, mm-hmm. like there's the hel- the guy committing suicide in the helicopter. But anyway, Bill Burr's like most recent standup special. He's just so mm-hmm. angry at everybody pushing back on him for saying angry things. And so, I, I yeah, I couldn't make it five minutes in. And he used to be one of my favorites. And he's just talking about, you know, fuck these feminists. And I want to piss fucking feminists off. And I was just like, so your whole routine now is just that it's not even pithy observation or it's this observation where I'm like, oh, you make a point And that's funny, man. I can't. You just sound like fucking an idiot. Like, I just don't fuck with that anymore. No, man. This whole safe space thing. It just... It irritates me when people are like, oh, they need a participation trophy in a safe space. And I'm like, our generation gave them the fucking safe spaces, you ding dong. Like, you're part <laughs> of that generation. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So it's it's just, and he's a, he's a great example of that. I feel the same way where I used to laugh. And now I, and I always, you know what's funny too is he was always kind of a misogynist. And, yeah. Um, and I would listen to it and kind of laugh and didn't really care. And now I'm, I just, I don't know. And, and I just don't, I don't find that shit funny anymore. Right. I guess, I guess I've, I've grown to become more empathetic and sympathetic toward people right. who are not like me in my sobriety. And I feel that's a good thing. And that's a good evolution for me personally as a human being. And I, I you know, and if that right. means I have to let go of some comedy specials from 2015, then that's, right. If that's the sacrifice well, I have to make, like, and it's a, yeah, and it's intentional not to go on. I mean, you and I are getting really fucking snowflakey today, but his oh, no. his comedy is like what bothered me about it was like his misogyny. It's heartfelt. It's not coming from this place where he's playing this character, or doing an act like I'm an ignorant person. Look at mm-hmm. how stupid I am. This is funny because I don't get it. You know what I mean? He's like, mm-hmm. no, this is meant to like lash out and fucking push back against those who feel differently than I feel, you know? And I just, I couldn't fuck with that. <clears throat> Even with, and I love Chappelle and some of Chappelle's shit is great, you know, but and some, some of, of Chappelle's shit is not great. It's just like a band. Like I like some of their songs. I don't like some of their songs. This new Bill Burr special, 
Whatever. It's it's like Metallica's Black Album. I don't like it very much. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's not Ride the Lightning. So I'm gonna listen think, to Ride the Lightning. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I think there's there's also this element of just being angry at Twitter, and that doesn't make for good comedy. And I, you know, who the fuck is on Twitter? I'm not on Twitter. Like people are on Twitter, a lot of people, but people, but yeah, but like my mom and dad aren't gonna laugh at the Twitter joke. They don't know what the fuck that is. It's such a. I know a lot of people are, but to me, it feels like such a niche thing. Like yeah. Man, these these SJWs on Twitter, where you got some <clears throat> mm-hmm. dude who's like, I don't know what any of that shit means. So it's. But anyway, I don't know. I love how I, I think... yelled, "Who the fuck is on Twitter?" <laughs> Literally millions of people, Jerry. <laughs> millions, except for you. Everyone but you, man. Um, yeah, me and Facebook but, and Twitter, man. But I, I, I just think that. I get, here's another thing: is is letting go of the social media and i know that you you don't you don't mess around with facebook anymore at all although, yeah although you i mean your your wife sells t-shirts on there but other than yeah, that that's fine uh-huh. i'll live off of its back and make my four hundred dollars thanks facebook um but uh <clears throat> you don't you don't mess with that i um i don't know i still i still have it and i still scroll through there but i'm not i'm not impressed you know what I, I mean? I get so like, angry. I had a jettison it. I actually felt like that was one of my big breakthrough moments in dealing with what you know our topic today. And mm-hmm. in 2017, I just backed out. It was like near Halloween, and I was like, "I'm done, man." Mm-hmm. Like the people I agree with are pissing me off at this point because the language they're using is so baited and so angry and so misinformed. So fucking misinformed, dude. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I yeah. just couldn't. I, if I could have jettisoned Instagram, I would have. I, I say it all the time. And now I just use it for what it was meant to be used for. Look at me. I got no shirt on. I'm doing goofy shit. That's what it should have been. For me in the beginning, it should have always been that. And I turned it into something else other than what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and let me ask you this about early sobriety and people talking shit about buying you whiskey and stuff like that. So in the moment... When you're having this conversation, you kind of just retreat and you go home. Did you, did like those bad feelings or those feelings like sit with you for the rest of the day? Did you take them home? Did you ever think about like, God, maybe I really am a fucking boring loser now and I should drink? Or did yeah. you? <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. I sat with it for weeks. Not days, yeah. weeks, weeks, because I have an obsessive mind anyway. And I always return back to the side of the kill you know i always mm-hmm. circle back around to the part that hurt me and uh yeah i really did question myself and the alcoholic part of my brain was like see he's right you mm-hmm. fucking suck now you suck come on back to me bitch <clears throat> be who mm-hmm. you really are and i'm like i don't want to be who i really am because that's not who i really am so the that, that part of my brain that justifies all my like negative actions was definitely like hot was like ready to go and it hurt me man because i really felt like i was making this giant change in my life and this one person i had really respected had spoken to me like that and i was just like and and granted it was in the heat of the moment like we were arguing about something and i was being mean like i was being mean and Mm -hmm. this was that like thing that was thrown out there to push me off because i was like biting you know And, and i've got a lot of negative shit in that manner Mm -hmm. you know actually from just around like one or two people which is really funny but but um yeah it's it's kind of hard though to be able to cut people like that out of my life because i have to work you know so but yeah yeah, john it it like bummed me out did you ever have anybody tell you anything like that not not that directly Uh, like i said i had one friend who would question it like 
Right. Are you really, really sure? And I don't think that we ever had a deeper conversation about it. Um, like, you sure? Like, never again? And I felt my, my answer at the time was, you know what, man? I don't really know. You know what, man? Like, I just need to kind of stay this course for a little while. And, and I think that that was the, the, the extent of the conversation. Um, I had, I just didn't know because that was only two or three months into sobriety when I had that conversation. And right. I don't think there, I had, I had isolated myself geographically and otherwise from so many people. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> that I didn't really have any old drinking friends. I didn't really have, there wasn't a, there wasn't a plethora of of neighborhood bars and taverns to go to i was living alone i um was drinking in my room i wasn't going out to drink i i quit i quit going out to bars and i know people who still drink and drink heavily and drink alcoholically who still require that sort of social socialization of bars and i had given that up i was just like wow, wait a second. You mean I can just drink alone in my room and it'll cost me less yeah. and fucking I don't have to make my way out there or have to worry about driving home? Getting a and cab God for- and all that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah all that yeah. shit. And God forbid I would well, walk four or five blocks. <laughs> so Right, and and I got to be honest with you. Man, I was when I came and visited you that one time, uh, I was when we were still drinking, I was like really unimpressed with that Napa's bar scene. <laughs> like there were yes. no dive bars. It was just all no. frou-frou wine bars and I just wanted mm-hmm. to get fucking blotto in a shit bag car, you know yeah and so when mm-hmm. we lived in seattle there was no there were that's all it was that's all yeah. we had our choice of any type of dirty gross bar to go to and i i feel like when i was in seattle with you it was like well what kind of wine do you like and i'm like none that's what kind of wine I like. oh but, in napa you mean yeah yeah napa did i say seattle i'm sorry I didn't <clears> say napa yeah <laughs> we're in seattle we had this plethora of bars mm-hmm. and in Napa when I came to visit you there was none. I don't know why. It was just an observation I had while you were talking about being able to isolate and how you're you were you you did. You took off on us. Like when we were all in Seattle, you took off the Napa and you didn't you you had like one person Yeah, you but knew I knew that was there. And I assume now looking back on it, that was probably just a geographical. You're probably just like, yo, this is I think rough. So. I need to switch it up, you know, because I mean it was like out of nowhere. Like we were all hanging out and then one day you're like i'm moving to napa (laughs) we were like okay dude (laughs) yeah yeah i mean it's i just i think that that was that was there was yeah i didn't have to to i didn't have a lot of pushback in sobriety i had gotten so far and so bad and so drunk and so destructive that anytime i told people that i had quit drinking they were either shocked or pleased, mm-hmm. and usually both. You know, I was in the same boat, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. And and a lot of the people I did drink with didn't give a fuck about me anyway here, so they didn't mm-hmm. care whether or not I was there or not. All my close drinking friends were you guys, and I wasn't living near you guys. <clears throat> and uh, on top of that, um, a lot of people I did drink with that I knew personally, once I quit, they were like, good, because you were fucking a mess. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so mm-hmm. there was no pushback. I feel like if I would have gotten sober and we were in our hot point, me and you and the crew, like you guys would have definitely been like, what are you doing? Come out with us, you know? And I would have felt oh, that yeah. pressure a lot more. But I got really lucky that I was here and the people who were drinking with me at that point were just tired of being around me anyway. They were all starting to kind of not want to be around me in the first place. You know, I, I, I burnt quite a few bridges drunkenly. So they were like, good. 
You right. know? And the only pushback right. I got was from people trying to hurt my feelings, to be honest with you. And I was around quite a few of them at one point because I was around people who were thinking in a toxic way. And so, because mm-hmm. I was a toxic person myself, so I gravitated towards them. And a lot of those yeah. people have changed or they've stayed the same, unfortunately, you know? Yeah. And I think that, um, <laughs> dead air there. I think that we both had fairly good support groups. Absolutely. I did. I really did, man. I mean, that one or one or two people who were a fucking asshole to me out of the other dozens and dozens who supported me. I was very lucky. I had a really good support and I still do. I have really good friends. I have really good family. I got you once a week doing this fucking thing, man. Jeez. Yeah. You (laughs) know what I'm saying? Like, would you find that in sobriety you've you've built more structure in your life than you had when you were yeah (laughs) yes i have so much structure even in this quarantine i have structure i -hmm. see these memes of people like laying in bed all day and drinking all day and eating like shit all day and i think it's i can't relate anymore Mm -mm. because of the structure i have absolutely structure has been super helpful for me and it's been a new newly discovered and i just keep tightening up my structure Every Mm -hmm. day I get it a little more figured out. I love it though. Some people don't like structure, but it's been really helpful for me. Yeah. I, I found, I used to think that I enjoyed the chaos. I -hmm. used to think that I I loved it, but that was just the only way I knew how to live or rather I didn't know how to live. And I just allowed life to be chaotic around me. Right. Um, you know, You've been you've been to various of my apartments that were just fucking filthy and disgusting and you know right just there was just dealing with dealing with dishes was not part of my routine not at all so I don't even know who did them <laughs> you'd like date a girl and she'd do them like you would date mm-hmm. girls just so they come do the dishes every once in a while Jesus yeah I mean there was one place where I beat the door off the bathroom with a handicap uh, sign that we stole off the street. Because, because uh-huh. Walter had locked himself in the bathroom, wouldn't come out, and so I, I tore the that. door off the hinges, and he had like jumped out the little bathroom window and jumped from the second story onto the fucking parking lot. I remember that. So, so I mean, it's been a far cry uh, from. And then what I, I used went to, to your do. house. I'm sorry, I went to your house after that, and I had to pee every time I had to pee or take a shit. I had to like pick the door up from the wall and put it in front of the door hole, and hope it didn't fall down. Yeah, basically yeah. until yeah. until I had a neighbor come help me fix it. But um, <laughs> so it was an absolute mess, and I I don't think that there was any. I feel like our friend group and our support group was like tenuous at best, and it was really only to perpetuate a little more drinking. Right? There was never any sort of like, "Hey, how you doing?" "Hey, man, I just want to check in and hope you're doing well." And if you need somebody to talk to, you can always call me. It was There's never... a little bit of it, but it wasn't – I wouldn't say that that was the common running theme in our friend circle, no. But I think <laughs> – I honestly believe though that our group of friends, like if I needed help with something that you guys would come through. So I could de- – Sure. I, I could depend on you but not. It, it was weird mm-hmm. because you guys were the most undependable people I could depend on. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I'd be like, <laughs> yes. pick me up from the train station, and I've I've still got to hold on to that one. I'm, and then never fucking not you. It was Coda. I was like, Coda, come get me at the train station, and he's like, Yeah, I'll be there tomorrow, bright and early. Just never fucking showed. Super hungover. <laughs> Called him seven times, never answered the phone. Ended up taking a cab up to your house. It cost me like forty bucks. But Jesus. But I also knew that if I needed a move, he'd help me move. 
Do you know right. what I'm saying? Like, or, yeah. but I think maybe with the emotional support thing, we were there in really weird ways for each other in yeah. drunk ways. It was in like, very drunk ways. Fuck that sucks. I'm sorry. Your dad passed away. Like in your situation and we got right. you loaded. Do you know what right, I mean? Exactly. And like, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And instead of us helping you process through this really complex relationship you had, and it wasn't my job to hold your hand and process it with you to help you like to help you have a mental breakthrough. But it was my job to be your friend and like be there to support you through it. And my version of that was like, this makes me uncomfortable. So let's drink whiskey. Do you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And like, we are having hard, difficult feelings. You are having a hard, very real life feeling. And I am having that blowback from it, having to deal with it, which I'm uncomfortable with. So let's get loaded. You know, sure. that's how we supported each other, yeah. which was all we knew how to do. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? That's all we knew how to do, man. And that's amazing yeah. to me. I still, I've been thinking about that and, and looking back at moments in my life. And it's so hard now to look back and go, I really didn't know any fucking better. Like what right. a trip, right. what a trip. Right. And, um, you know, and you talk about my dad and talking about, you know, toxic people in, in your life. And my father was never the most um, supportive person. He was never really there. He never really, he had some, you know, mental issues and he was very, very sick. But um, I never felt like I was able to get the kind of love and support I wanted from him. And there was often, it was just easier to, I did a lot of geographical moves. It was easier just to move away from my family and move away from yeah. him. And he mm-hmm. always seemed to creep up and come closer and some, for somehow one way or the other. And so yeah. I, I wish I never got to develop the skills to basically either have a real conversation with him or to be able to have a difficult conversation with him about yeah. the way that he treated me. And I think that that's probably hard for some people too, man. Like if you're, there's somebody in your family who still drinks or somebody in your family right. who... Like I can't even imagine. I mean, I I had I don't even have any anecdotal, um, well thoughts on is, that. Yeah, and this is actually I'm glad you bring that up too because I was thinking while we were having this conversation, I was like, what about mm-hmm. the people whose family members are are the venomous people in their lives, or or you know what I mean, like the the yeah. the people that are providing or not providing but causing that that. And I don't know because I have a pretty. I have a pretty stable family life. It wasn't stable for a long time, but the tools I used to deal with that back then were not the tools I would use to deal with it now, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, there are, you know, things that, nah, man, I just, I wouldn't know what to tell anybody. Just avoidance, I guess, or I don't, I don't even know if avoidance, sometimes you can't avoid it. You just got your old man living in your house, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Being like, hey, fat ass, or whatever they call mm-hmm. you, you know, saying some mean fucking thing to you. And it's just, like, I don't even know. I, I have no expertise on how to even broach that except to say that my sympathies and to some extent my empathies go out to you, you know. Yeah. So it's good to talk to people level-headed, that's for sure. To talk to someone who's outside of the situation who has no emotional investment in it would probably be really helpful. I think you know? that's that's the case and, you know, um, it's it's really helpful. Absolutely, 100%. Whether you find that, however you find that. If you find that through counseling, if you find that through um uh, recovery groups, um, whether right. it's AA or, uh, refuge recovery or any number of things, um, you know, and everything's fucking, everything's online now, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that in the future being able to sit down and, and just the people that I've met in recovery have been able to teach me things that I would not have otherwise 
understood. Right. Oh, yeah. Especially, Absolutely. especially men who were, you know, who were my father's age, who are my father's age. Um, and to be able to hear them and say things. And when I hear like somebody would talk about reconnecting with their kids, right. And, you know, sobriety gave them their family back and stuff like that. And so I never got to really have that. And so that's, that's been a real, um, eye opener for me as far as dealing with the anger and resentment and frustration with my own dad <laughs> is like, yeah. Oh, and kind of doing it vicariously through, through other people's sobriety. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I would love to hear it if people, if there's anybody out there who is dealt with, um, getting sober and being with a family member who is still in the throes of alcohol, alcoholism, I would love to hear your thoughts, advice, opinions, um, what you did. <laughs> Seriously, you're get an email. I know. I'm laughing because I'm like, you're gonna get an email from my mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like, well, our son. Uh huh. I mean, yeah. hell, it's yeah. I, well, that was a great. That was a great show with your dad being able to talk to him too. We did that. Right. That was, we that talked about it the other day. My little brother. Did I talk about this in the last podcast? No. My we were in a Zoom family meeting. And my little brother's like, yo, I was really. Uh, kind of disappointed that mom and dad were home for Christmas and you just didn't do a Christmas show with your dad. You know, you, I thought, uh, thought you would definitely be like a Christmas podcast with dad. And I'm like, fucking Joel. And my dad's like, no, man, I did so bad the last time they didn't want me back. And I'm like, get out of here with that, dude. Like I just, <laughs> you were here for literally three days. Like I wasn't gonna, you know, last time you were here for like a week, you know, mm-hmm. like I wasn't going to be like, yo, let's do a podcast. You're here for three days. I'm like, no, I'm trying to spend as much time with you as I can. Right. You know? Yeah. It was just funny because my brother tried to call me out. My dad was trying to do that thing my dad always does where he's like, oh, no, man, I showed up and they just were tired of hearing me talk, you know? And I'm like, dude, right. you have so much. <laughs> you got like 30 some years of wisdom. I'd love to hear what you're thinking. Plus, you're my dad, you know? Like, mm-hmm. that's, you know, I lucked out there. But uh, yeah, it's so funny, man. Well, he's always welcome. Um, yeah. Yeah. And we'll, right. we'll have him on next Christmas. Next Christmas, right? Yeah, It'll be the Christmas thing. I'm now. I gotta have him on. Yeah, I'd be like, come on in the office. Got the mic splitter this time. Mm-hmm. I think. I think too is just finding somebody. You know, there's that. There's the saying that's like, look for somebody who has what you want and go talk to them. And I. And that's mm-hmm. not just. That's that's not just sobriety. That's that's you know in life. I think, and that's just a generally yeah. a good way of finding a mentor. And you know, not everybody is gonna be excited to be a mentor and not everybody's going to be available, but looking for those people and being able to like, Hey, can I ask you a few questions about this, that, and the other? And, um, it's, it's, it's been so helpful to me. Like, and I, I have, I have a lot less problem asking questions about, I'll stop somebody and say, Hey, how did you do that? Or, or how do you get through this thing? Or I noticed that you, you do things differently than me, but you get this result that I, that I would want to get. How do I get that Mm -hmm. result? Yeah. And I've been much more inquisitive and much more just flat out. And people are most of the time really willing to share, right? If they've done something that they're successful at or proud of or feel good about, and especially if it's just like having to deal with an alcoholic parent or an alcoholic child. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, and it's just I think about that you and like we were I I shared a picture on Instagram of of us at your wedding and yeah dude holy <laughs> shit I know Every, I look like someone us. drew a face on a thumb 
like like my whole head is like a thumb that someone drew a tiny little face on and just very round yes we were yes. both very big and round. bloated um, and bloated yeah bloated very bloated bloat. yes and but i was thinking about that and having a conversation with your father about how much booze we were going to buy for this party of 50 or it was like 100 people i feel like it was my a wedding lot. was 200 and almost 250 people damn in that at my ranch. wedding yeah, yeah. At my parents yeah. ranch it was like 240 or something damn so yeah. we were trying to buy all this liquor and all this shit and and you know it it never occurred to me then cuz i just want i was probably already drunk when i was talking with him oh you were um, yeah <laughs> um but that he was sober and I knew he was sober and you knew he was sober. Yeah. And it, it, it never occurred to me like, and your mom too. Yeah. That like, Hey, maybe, uh, that was never an, I was never interested in, in finding out how that happened. And he didn't seem to care that we were going to fucking get drunk. He's like, yeah, just keep it outside. Right. Like don't, don't." it was so part of the culture I was raised in too, though. Every party was drinking on the border Mm -hmm. there. Every party was so part of the culture that to them, that's just normal. I mean, it's not, it is and isn't. Do you know what I mean? It's not yeah. what they do. But like my daughter's first birthday party, like I blacked out. I flat right. out blacked out. I put my kid in her crib and then I don't remember anything after that because that's just part of the culture. You get fucked up at little kids' birthday parties. It's just how they <laughs> roll down there. Well, so to I him guess- it was like business usual, but also you understand. You get it though. Like now in retrospect, you're like there's a cognitive dissonance there going on. Mm-hmm. You know, there, he's having two different thoughts at once. Like these – Two guys, these two fucking clowns would do much better not drinking than drinking in their lives. But this is the way we roll at these parties. So, you know, I'm going to supply the alcohol because that's culturally what we do, you know. Right, right. And I think if it makes you feel any better, I don't think your daughter remembers her first birthday either. No, I don't think she does. (laughs) She probably blacked out too. Um, But yeah, man, I, 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 I don't. I don't come across too many people that are that are negative these days. I'm pretty quick to assess, I think. Right. Mm-hmm. Is is a better way to put it. So if somebody's not and again, quarantine it 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 changes the way that we deal with everything and how few yeah, people we're seeing and all that kind of shit and but I also think that even if it's I'll I'll bring up I don't really talk about grocery store lines anymore about how they used to make me so angry um mm-hmm. because I don't go to the grocery store that much anymore. But um you know, even in those situations where I think my girlfriend was talking about being there and how somebody was carelessly like creeping up behind her, um, like not six feet apart. And so mm-hmm. she just was like, well, and she I think, you know, in her mind, she was thinking, what the fuck is this woman doing? Get the fuck away from me. Like, you're not supposed to. And so she turned around and said, excuse me, I just need a little space here. And that was enough for the woman to be like, oh, I'm so sorry. I forgot. Right. I apologize. Right. You know, and. And just not engaging is another one that I think is really – unless you have to, right? But right, and then trying to engage polite politely. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, that's all I was going to say yeah. is you know, engaging politely, showing respect to people. Everybody deserves respect, even and the Absolutely, <laughs> even the assholes because I, I've always felt like being polite is a form of empathy. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I would, it's that whole golden rule shit. It's, but it's, that's empathy. Mm-hmm. That is like the truest form of empathy is if I'm polite to you, I want you to be treat me to the same way because I, I know I would want to be treated politely. So I'm going to be treating you politely because we're both human beings and 
Like there's empathy. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? It's it's sure. not conditional. I guess I made it sound more conditional, but it's more like I'm being cool with you because I would prefer that you be cool with me. So I imagine you'd want the same, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Rashida did great. She's like, you yeah. know, excuse me, I'm sorry. I need a little room. Super polite, probably really sweet, probably used one of her sweet like recording voices you know or whatever <laughs> yeah, like you use the real friendly yeah. one and that lady uh-huh. was just like Ooh, my oh my bad I'm so you know? sorry yeah because, because she nine, wasn't yeah yeah nine times out of ten they're gonna be like my bad you know mm-hmm. it's that one time mm-hmm. and you're like that one. whatever you miserable motherfucker basically but i i think that too if anybody were to ask me like hey man let's go get a drink well you don't need that fucking phony baloney sobriety bullshit Right, phony baloney sobriety, my man. <laughs> I would Come have, have a whoopee to... party. <laughs> right? I'd be like, thanks, but no thanks, dude. I, I don't think I would get that from anybody. I haven't no. gotten that reaction yet. No. But, you know, if somebody came up to me, I would just have to explain. I would just say no thank you and, and move on. I would not That's engage with do. them. Be polite until you don't have to be polite. Is that, um... Or, I don't know no, what it is. That's Bill Maher. The- Oh, it was. No, I was thinking. Of, I was thinking of uh, Dalton from Roadhouse, where he says um, he's talking about how to treat the customers at the bar. You know, he's the oh, door he guy. Say? He's the bouncer, and he's like, "Be nice until it's time to not be nice." Yes, that's, that's where we, that's pretty much the whole crux of our dealing with our alcoholism is Roadhouse. Is Roadhouse basically? Yeah. Yeah. I'm a bouncer, and then the fucking my alcoholism is all the crazy drunk people at the bar that I'm trying to, and yeah, all the, just, the all the all the waitresses and and bartenders screwing in the back, and like all the right? madness, and I'm just trying. You're to You're my regular clean. Saturday night thing. Yeah. What's the other? <laughs> I used to fuck guys like you in prison or some some line like that, and I was like, oh word. Ugh. So yeah, that's pretty much it. It's just me yeah. trying to keep at bay and keep under control all of these crazy urges and fucking people out there and i -hmm. i I think that most people are probably going to be supportive of your sobriety if you're making a big change in your life i know i imagine so yeah um if you're in some i can't imagine a situation where where i would try i would try to get sober and everybody would be against me some people are in that situation though but just we got lucky yeah, yeah yeah you know i mean there's 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 a lot more toxic culture out there as far around drinking than than I have had to deal with for sure right. in mm-hmm. office settings in people who work I'm sure there's plenty of different ways and areas and places I'm trying to think of one like I don't know tough hard drinking construction workers I don't fucking know I don't I mean, know I'm it's just, just like the group of guys who like to go out camping and mudding and shit and then mm-hmm. Dalton decides he doesn't want to drink anymore and yeah jaden and jesse are like what the fuck we can't go mudding and camping no more because you don't want to drink fucking 32 cores lights and shit your pants and he's like no dude that's a problem that's a problem it's a problem for me i think you know our friend our friend casey said that to me i think the we talked about it and he was he was talking about going fishing somebody that he would go fishing with mm -hmm. and he finally was just like yeah man i don't i mean i'll go fishing but i'm just done drinking and he's like because it was really the drinking i think I think even the people in our lives who drink occasionally start to reassess how much joy that the drinking is bringing to their life. And they're well, like, people who can take it or leave it are like, ah, oh, you're, you're not. The only reason I ever did was because you drank. I mean. Right. That's my, my wife. My wife. Uh-huh. 
My wife got loaded say? with me all the time. She's like, yeah. the only reason I ever got drunk so much is because you were getting drunk all the time. So I wanted to just keep up. My wife hardly ever drinks now. I mean, she has a bottle of vodka in the freezer, but that thing's like two weeks old and she hasn't even drank past the neck yet. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I think she just opens it up and smells it. <laughs> Honestly. <'cause>, really? <laughs> I'm like, there's so much of it left. <laughs> she just opens up and holds it under her nose. You know what I mean? Like, just dips a fingertip in it. I swear. <laughs> Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's, uh, it's a trip that, that finding, finding people, I don't think that finding good people is hard. I think that resources are out there, even in these Mm -hmm. weird fucking times. Yeah. Um, I, I, I got to speak with, uh, um, in front of a group of guys online and that was pretty cool. Uh, it was fucking weird, right? Because it's all weird, but, um, everybody was super supportive and everybody was super thankful and grateful and um kind of just did my thing and everybody was into it and that's i don't know exactly what i'm trying to say except that like there are resources and and communities out there that are that are supportive if if that's what you need absolutely if that's what you need yeah and shoot us an email always i mean i don't hear from we like hearing from y'all um i i i love hearing from people um hit us up on instagram on all, all that shit wherever you wherever you were there just even on twitter yeah <laughs> which tweet, tweet a junk because i ain't got no twitter <laughs> i might still have it i just don't use it i don't even know if i i know i don't mm-hmm. have a facebook at all anymore yeah but um you're not missing anything on twitter man there's no there's not I don't really fully understand it. It's just like people, it's like passing notes in class, but yeah. on a global scale. But for Nazis. Right. <laughs> Basically. Um, just so, pass a little follow-up note, you open it up and it's all Heil Hitler. And you're mm-hmm. like, yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. I got to go now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> delete. Yeah. Thanks, so, Twitter. Yeah. Thanks, Twitter. So I think that um, there are vampires and there are vultures and people yeah. who, and and that's tough because like, this is all about trust. And this is the thing that too that I've I've said to my friend at the beginning of the hour we talked about, you know, dealing with people who have different ideologies and stuff like that and and instead of pointing fingers I say, "Look, I have to trust. It's the it's what got me sober. It's what got me right. healthy. It's what got me to living a better life was having a certain level of trust and the things that are being talked about by people by other people all I hear is mistrust. And so right. I can't I just can't give into that. If I give into That's the mistrust That's a great way of putting it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start fucking drinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, exactly. so you can call me whatever you want or, you know, you can, you can say, you can say what you want about it, but I have to have some level of trust and I go, okay, higher power, you know, fucking, whether it's Yahweh or Allah or the fucking big bear or the spaghetti, what is the flying spaghetti monster? Yeah. Like whatever it is, like I trust that you're putting me in the right direction and then I'll just do the next right thing. So, I mean, that's that's where I stand on the on the vampires and vultures. Yeah, I say fuck them in the face. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I I think I'm pretty much there with you. I love your point about trust and mistrust and how you just I can't fuck with mistrust anymore. I I can fuck with being skeptical, but I just cannot fuck with mistrust. I need to trust in certain things, and the things I know are are um untrustworthy i just don't i don't fuck with them i just move along move along man i only get a finite amount of time i only get this little bit of time man and i just i just 
None of that shit. I just can't fuck with any of that. It doesn't have to be rainbows and lollipops all the time, but goddamn, the ride can no. be a lot less bumpy, you know? Right? And it's Yeah, yeah because that's the difference between trust and mistrust is <clears throat> I have to choose trust because, and you're right, be skeptical, be, be aware, be smart, yeah. right? But I have to trust because... The other, the other half is like, if I just mistrust everybody and then I, and then all I'm doing is pointing fingers and going, Hey, don't trust this guy. Look at this. This is not trustworthy. Hey, look at this over here. Be careful. Like right. then all, all I see are all the fucking spikes. Think, right. That's all you see is just the shit parts and not the great mm-hmm. parts. Yeah. So I'm not yeah. into that, man. <clears throat> neither John and I, neither of us <laughs> fuck with that. What do you got going on the rest of the week, Jerry? You got, um. I'm going to go pee. As soon as we finish this podcast, I'm on pee. But other than that, no. I mean, you know, i got some TED Talks going on on my Instagram. Nice. <laughs> got some TED Talks on my TikToks. So you no. get some TED Talks on the TikToks. You really, I got, if you guys – can I, I just tell s- people they got to no. go see your Instagram? Well, yeah, but it puts pressure on me to make new videos. And there have been oh, days okay. where I'm like, I'm not – well, no, yeah, tell them. Come look at my Instagram, at Jerry Wagner Jr. Look at my stories. You'll see something weird. Maybe. It's Hopefully. hilarious. It cracks Unless me it's up. Unless it's a day I'm not in business. <laughs> Maybe. Thanks again for listening. Our music, as always, is by Neglect. You can find more of his stuff at neglect.bandcamp.com. And you can find us on all social media platforms that matter. Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can reach us at aisforalcoholic at gmail.com. Talk to you later. Yeah. <laughs>